0: Welcome back to Slow County Public Policy and the Law. This is your host, Stu Jenkins, and we've got Debbie Peterson, former mayor of Grover Beach, talking about the new wastewater plant plans for the South County. So, Debbie, what's the takeaway the ultimate takeaway on what's going to happen to the city of grover beach
1: the takeaway is that we're going to have at least two years probably more of construction most of it in south grover much of it in residential neighborhoods um, much of it on streets that we've already paid a lot of property taxes to fix then we'll pay again to fix them again once they've been torn up to put in wells and pipelines Mm and i I, and for the privilege of doing that we will double our water rates
0: Uh, now um you said something about this being a social justice issue. Yeah, Why? I think,
1: Why? well, I think it's a social justice. It's, isn't it interesting that we were able to get the grants and the loans because we have a high Hispanic population in Oceano and Grover Beach. And yet it's that population, it's their neighborhoods that are going to be impacted by all the construction and the doubling of the water prices. Not
0: the wealthy neighborhoods in a row, mm. Grande and Pismo Beach that exactly. are going to benefit from this project exactly. more.
1: More. They'll be able to build more big houses out in Price Canyon. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, speaking of social justice programs, we have a Monday holiday coming up. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, some of us who, you know, this was a holiday that was created by Franklin Delano Roosevelt uh, to honor the, the members of the community that were of Italian extraction, Columbus Day. And now um, many states have reframed that as Indigenous Peoples' Day. Uh, Did you want to talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, when I was researching for my book, The Happiest Corruption, Sleaze, Lies, and Suicide in a California Beach Town...
0: Which everybody should have a copy of.
1: Yeah, give you some good ideas. I I came across um, some writings by the Iroquois Nation and the other four or five nations that they formed a constitution with back in the 12th century. And they have the first and the longest surviving written constitution in the world. And indigenous nations all around the world are still using that constitution. And we took a great deal from it. But there are two things we didn't take. One was they put women in leadership by law. And <laughs> The other one was that they said, you have to consider unto the seventh generation the impact your decisions will make. And that's 700 years.
0: Well, that's not a bad idea, is it? No. It reminds me of a story I heard about a... Uh, I think it was Cambridge or Oxford, there was a giant library there. It was beautiful. It had these giant oak beams that held up the roof. And, uh, and one day, uh, uh, you know, the board uh, realized that it was a 500-year-old building and they, the roof needed to be repaired. But uh, they, they said, well, there's nothing we can do uh, to repair this because each of these beams is made out of an entire oak trunk. And um, we can't find anything like that. And it happened that there was a, a man of uh, low education, not not noticed by any of these professors and doctors um, standing in the corner uh, at their meeting. And he said uh, in a accent that they none of them had that he didn't understand what was going on with them because he and his father before him and his father before grandfather before him and his great-grandfather, they'd been keeping that oak forest where all the students had uh, been enjoying uh, luncheons and studying uh, just off the grounds of the library because it had, the entire thing had been planted 500 years before in order to create new beams.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: Uh, but none of them remembered that. But the the forester who kept it remembered it. Uh, We need more of that kind of uh, foresight in our local governments, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing about Indigenous Peoples' Day uh, that's coming up is uh, it does honor the folks who were here before we Europeans came or Africans came uh, or Asians came to this continent. Um, uh, The the, uh, thing about... The way we've developed as a country is when uh, Columbus landed, I understand, and you're right, the Iroquois did have uh, their own constitution. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure it was written. I think it was handed down from father to son or mother to mother.
1: Yeah, they did have that tradition. In an
0: oral tradition. Uh, But it it was a, a legitimate constitution. But when Columbus landed, there were approximately 150 million natives living in what is now the constitute the continental United States. Wow! But they had been completely uh, insulated against certain diseases like tuberculosis, which developed in Asia or Europe, um, um, smallpox. Mm. Um, and, you know, we'd had plagues that had raged through Asia and Europe several times that would kill off nine nine out of ten people. And uh, the people who had survived had certain immunities to those. And when Columbus landed on, uh, what, Santo Domingo, I think? Mm. Uh, he and his crew had all those germs with them. Oh. And by the time the Pilgrims landed... In uh, Massachusetts and in Virginia, uh, just a hundred 150 years later, um, nine out of ten of the native population had died from the diseases that had swept through the North American continent and yeah. and hence it is that when the Europeans were coming to the eastern side of uh, what is now the United States they thought, look at this vacant land. We can, we, can, we can just go anywhere. We can build farms. We can build houses. And, um, uh, and that was largely because of the diseases that had swept through.
1: The tragedy.
0: It is a tragedy. Um, yeah, and yet you can, you can understand that these were people who were fleeing starvation. They were fleeing um, religious persecution. Uh, sectarian wars and uh, tyranny. And uh, and they were able to set up here and hopefully uh, bring uh, the greatest, longest-lasting democracy the world has ever seen. So thank you for being with us here at Slow County Public Policy and the Law. Thank you, Debbie, for coming and talking about water rates. Anybody who wants to object, contact Debbie Peterson.
1: 805 550
0: this is Stu Jenkins at Slow County Public Policy and the Law. We'll talk to you next week. For more information on Slow County Public Policy and
1: the Law, visit our website, knews985.com.